Hey everyone, and welcome back to the SE Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, David Hargett, and today we don't have a guest, so instead, we're going to be mixing it up a little bit and thinking about a reflection on a speaker that we had come in and chat with us earlier this week here at SE Pi Michigan. He goes by the name of Josh Tetrick, and he's the founder of Eat Just, which is a pioneering new organization working to create a more sustainable future for the food that we eat. And so they've designed a new type of egg that scrambles and tastes and looks exactly like real eggs, but it's made out of plants, made out of the mung bean. And it's healthier, it's more nutritious, and more humane to produce. And they've also just recently gotten support in Singapore for the first ever animal meat made without killing an animal. So they use a complicated process of culturing the cell to produce real authentic meat without any sort of the inhumane violence, death, or destruction that's common in the factory farming industry. And that's just the beginning. But the beautiful thing about what this talk was all about is that Josh is probably the most powerful speaker I've ever listened to. You, you can tell this guy played football because at the end I wanted to run through a brick wall for him. He was so, he spoke to the soul of who we were as an audience. And especially as college students, considering how we're going to embark on the next stage in our journey, looking at careers, looking at futures, contemplating different paths, his message really resonated with me and with a lot of others. So today I'm just going to kind of debrief and share some of my thoughts about what Josh had to say and how we can take these lessons and integrate them into our own lives and decision-making process. So the crux of the matter at the heart of everything Josh was arguing for was Based on his experience, the only way to lead a truly fulfilling, joyful life is to pursue the solution to problems that are urgent. He cited the example of how there's quite a difference between urgent, pressing, world-altering problems and those that maybe are an everyday convenience. Right? I'm sure we all want our Amazon packages to get delivered a little bit faster. Maybe we need to revisit Microsoft Word, make it a little bit smoother of an interface. But while those are problems, they're not necessarily the kinds that excite the soul and light a fire in your heart. The urgent problems are ones like sustainability, like the fact that our entire globe is going to be on fire in the near future, like the fact that homelessness exists and is rampant even here in Ann Arbor, despite having enough wealth to supply people with food and comfort to live peaceably with a roof over their heads easily, right? We talked about how Elon Musk became the richest man in the history of the world because he started an electric vehicle company and he started solving a problem that was urgent, global emissions. And so for Josh, when he thought about how absurd it is that over a third of the land on this earth, our one home, our planet, our source of sustenance, our source of life, over one third of that land goes to producing corn and soy, not for humans to eat, but for animals to eat and then be slaughtered by humans. The absurdity of that. It's such a bizarre system. And he looked at it and he sees all these animals in cages 
just popping out eggs and then being mauled and slaughtered, it, it just, it's not right. It doesn't sit well with him. And it doesn't sit well with us as the audience either. But he understands that humans are inherently flawed creatures. Humans are inherently flawed creatures. We're selfish. It's part of what keeps us alive. It's in our DNA. And so if you think about how you can shift that consumer behavior, shift this long-standing cultural belief that, oh, we have to just raise all these animals and kill them, because that's the way we've always done it. If you think back, there's a great Henry Ford quote. He says, if I had asked the people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. It's really difficult for us to imagine outside-of-the-box ideas when certain aspects of our lives and culture are so ingrained into the fabric of our existence. But they don't need to be. And slowly but surely, you can shift the funnel of awareness, shift the funnel of what's reasonable. There's a, there's a great Wait But Why post, which is a phenomenal blog by Tim Urban, and he talks about how slowly but surely we've shifted the perception of gay marriage, right? Where in the 50s, it would be political suicide to even contemplate raising that as an issue. Even as late as 2012, it was not, not overly talked about. Now, gay marriage is federally legal and commonly accepted. Slowly but surely, you can shift the paradigm of what people view as acceptable. And that just takes time. It takes building that awareness, helping people understand the truth of the matter, and wrap their minds around doing things differently, because we're naturally resistant to change. But Josh thinks that the best way to do this, and I agree, is to produce a product that is superior to what the existing methods are. If they can produce eggs that don't, aren't made inhumanely, taste better, don't have any cholesterol, they're healthier, and they're cheaper, then there's literally zero reason that you wouldn't want to buy that egg. But if you're not winning on cost, if you're not differentiated enough, you're simply not going to be able to provide enough value on the efficiency frontier for consumers to buy it. Because we're selfish, and that's, that's part of who it is. That's okay. That's not the problem. The problem is, how do we solve that? How do we innovate and create something that people are willing to buy, to use, and to further along ingrain in our culture? And that's what they've done with the Just Egg. And that's what they hope to do with the future of this cultured meat. And that's exciting stuff. It really is. Because it's it's already picking up across... There's, there's places, there's dispensaries here in Ann Arbor where you can get a Just Egg right now. And so by pursuing a problem that is urgent, that is pressing, that is powerful, Josh has been able to construct this business that's generally making a difference. And when you talk to this guy, it's clear that he has a pretty fundamental understanding of how life works and how to be a happy, joyful, mindful human being. And he recognizes that starting your own venture, pursuing these urgent problems, it's probably not the way to a peaceful life. If you're looking for that nine to five, come home to my suburban house, nice, lovely family, it maybe isn't the job for you. So it's about considering those options. It's about thinking about what truly matters to you in your life. But for him, as he spoke, he, he spoke to two of the lies that we tell ourselves when we consider potential careers and futures in various industries of business. So for example, as a Ross student at the, the University of Michigan School of Business, it's ridiculously easy for me to just follow the herd and go become a consultant. It's literally spoon-fed to us. We know every step of the way, inertia would carry you down that path. 
And so it's so difficult to step out of that current, reframe the perspective, and genuinely consider, is this the path I want? When I think 20 years down the line, what does that future look like? Josh says that we rationalize part of our decisions to go towards these quote-unquote soul-sucking jobs. First and foremost, we say, oh, we'll just do it for a couple years and we'll gain a lot of skills that we'll then use to help people. But in his experience, it's really hard to get out of that current once you're in it. It's really hard to take the skills you've learned and say, yep, this was great. Now I'm going to go and do X, Y, and Z in a totally different function. I'm going to go pursue this project that I'm passionate about. It doesn't always work like that. It can be really hard to get out of that trap. So he said that's line number one we tell ourselves. Line number two is, oh, I'll just do this high-powered job and make a bunch of money, and then I'll donate it, and I'll help people that way. But how do you know when that's enough? When have you made enough money? When do you quit? When do you stop? When do you finally get to reclaim your life and do the things that you enjoy that fulfill you, that light a fire in your belly, right? And so it's tough. And we go along these lines, and we think that someday in the future, I'll be happy. I'll be happy when I get that promotion, when I finally get married, when I retire. That's when I'll be able to do the things I love. That's when my life will be complete. It'll be full and rich. It'll be a robust set of experiences, and I'll be happy then. What we don't realize is that while that might look good on this broad, overarching, the picture of our lives, the masterpiece, the photograph of everything we do, in the day-to-day, we're only living in a pixel. One moment at a time. And so if you can't appreciate the work that you're doing in that moment, the life that you have in that moment, then it won't matter if your overall life looks like a masterpiece. Because you're living day-to-day. You're living pixel-to-pixel. And recognizing that, finding a gratitude, a sense of appreciation, and being excited and inspired by your day-to-day existence, that's the most important thing for making a life. Because if you're not doing that, then in reality, the photograph that all these pixels are made up of will be dull. It won't be nearly as vibrant as if you were enjoying each day doing what you love. Waking up in the morning and thinking, if I had to be stuck in this day over and over again into infinity, would I be okay with that? Would I be okay with that? And if the answer is no enough times in a row, like Steve Jobs says, maybe it's time to make a change. Find something new to do in life. Find something better, more impactful, more fulfilling. Take on that urgent problem. Just something to think about. And so, an exercise that I like to do as part of this process of figuring out what that future really looks like for me, or at least what I want it to look like, is a process called visioning. And it was primarily created by the team at Zing Train. Ann Arbor Zingerman have done this incredible leadership program. Highly recommend you check it out. But essentially the process of visioning is you imagine a specific date in the future. Call it June 7th, 2025. And you write about that day as if you're living in the moment, as if everything you're writing about is happening right now in the present. I would write, I wake up in the morning and the birds are chirping outside my window in Washington, D.C., I look over at my significant other and slowly get dressed with a smile on my face as I pack for work. 
I walk down and do X, Y, and Z, right? And you write in this way that's so visceral and vivid that you can emotionally put yourself in that position as if you were actually there in that moment in time in the future. And it's such a powerful exercise because, because one of the defining characteristics of human beings is that we can imagine. We can put ourselves and simulate these future experiences. And so if you think about this, as you're writing, you'll probably be overcome with a series of strong emotions. And you'll think about it and you'll realize, I am loving this life that I'm writing. Or maybe you'll realize, the more words I put on this paper, the less this appeals to me. This actually, there's something in my gut that just is a tad askew. There's something out of sync. It doesn't feel right. And then instead of spending 15 years of your life going down a path that ultimately wouldn't have been fulfilling for you, you can just, oh, waste 10 minutes writing, realize that's not what you want. And I know it's not as easy as this, but this is just one tool to kind of get at what Josh has been hinting at, which is how can we find a future? How can we build a future that will lead you to have the best life possible? Because I think far too often people plan for some future career, for X, Y, and Z, and they say, oh, I'll be happy when that happens, and my life will be good, it'll be complete. But what if there's a global pandemic? You can't control the future. There are so many aspects of this life that are simply outside of the realm of human control. So you just have to go day by day and make the best decision possible with the information you have at hand. And this visioning tool is a really powerful one to figure out which futures actually resonate with you. Which ones are most important in your life right now? And so the point of this, the trick of all of this is simply to say, it matters what you do. And you need to be intentional and genuinely reflect in each and every decision you make and figure out in this moment, will this bring me joy and set me up for future contentment? Or is this something I'm just doing because everyone else is doing it? Or because there's a bunch of money at the end? Or there's some sort of lucrative appeal that says, once I do a certain number of years worked, or once I hit the certain target, then I'll be happy. And I guess my advice to you and Josh's advice to you is in order to truly get there, you've got to pursue the things you love. Take that risk. When Josh started Eat Just, he had $3,000 in his pocket. And now he's the founder of a $1.2 billion company. Pursuing these passions doesn't have to be a financial liability. He's helping people. He's making a difference. And that's amazing. And you can do that too. I really, really believe that. You can do that too. So I guess that's it from my end. Sorry if that got a little long-winded or rambly, but Josh's speech just really resonated with me at this critical juncture in my life. And so hopefully by discussing this, we can provide some guidance to you if you're in a similar situation. Next week, we'll be back with a regularly scheduled guest, but I just was so moved by Josh's deeply resonant message. It seemed like something that a lot of other college students maybe needed to hear right now. So if you've been grappling with the same set of choices, I give you permission to take that leap of faith, to consider possibilities outside of the established norm, 
to pursue an entrepreneurial adventure that matters to you, to take on these big projects and make a difference in the world and in your life. So with that message, go forth and do it and let us know what happens. We're here to support you every step along the way. You can do it. I know you can. Let's make this world a little bit better, day by day. And together, that'll be enough. So that being said, this is David Hargett signing off. I'll see you next time.